Today on the Inside Scoop, is Jim Harbaugh's suspension news the reason for Michigan's recent recruiting slide? Two major commitments taking place this weekend, so let's just get right into the show right now. Do me a favor, hit that subscribe button because it is make or break weekend for Oklahoma on the defensive line. The Sooners currently have the 16th ranked recruiting class in America, but there is a commitment taking place this weekend that could completely change the trajectory of OU's 2024 class. Let's bring on our next guest, Josh McQuistion of Soonerscoop.com. Josh, you know why we are here on Saturday. One of the most important OU targets in the 24 class is going to make his announcement. Five-star David Stone, the number two ranked defensive lineman in the country. So right now, I just got to ask, how are OU fans feeling over on Soonerscoop as we're just about 20, 48 hours away from his decision? I think David Stone could have told the world that it's going to be Oklahoma on Saturday and OU fans would still be nervous. Like there's just no way around that. Um, But I I do. I think there is, there's a feeling that you kind of keep waiting for the groundswell from Miami to, to maybe, Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. The they start hearing some inside or there's something changing there. You haven't really heard that so far with Williams. Winery, it was a very different scenario where Missouri insiders, felt like Missouri was in a good place and you know and and so did plenty of other schools as well so with with Stone it feels almost like you're trying to find who the stalking horse is going to be and Miami makes sense because I know there is a large um, group in his family that that would like to see him go to Miami but I I think Oklahoma's done a good enough job here that I think they're going to close this race but again like OU fans I'm not going to count on anything you, you touched on uh, williams Noweri to Mizzou. How much did that recruitment impact the importance of David Stone's commitment on Saturday for Oklahoma fans? Tremendously. There, there's just no question that this class was always going to be about what the defensive line could or couldn't be and who, who was going to be part of it. And there are still some key pieces out there for Oklahoma. But if you miss David Stone it's really hard to imagine a way where this class gets anywhere near what you, what OU fans had hoped it would be at one point in time. So I, I think this is, this is the fundamental piece. This is the guy that a year ago, everyone said, I don't know what else is going to happen in 2024, but this is the guy you have to get. And so I think that is why he has become such a big piece of the puzzle, because not only is he an in-state guy, but he's at a position where Oklahoma is desperately in need of difference makers there's reason to think they've done what they need to do. It's just a matter of, you know, kind of pushing it over the finish line. And when you have things like David Hicks and Williams Winery, where Oklahoma seemed to lead for months and then just kind of lost at the finish line, that's why this this last 72 hours or so gets kind of uh, sketchy for Oklahoma fans. Yeah, it can. But right now, as it stands, it feels like Oklahoma is the favorite heading into this. They've seemed to be the consistent name throughout this entire cycle. I mean, Michigan State, they were an early favorite. But since then, they've definitely fallen off. And I agree mm-hmm. with you there. Miami is just one of these programs that you can't count out right now. But you have a pick in for David Stone to Oklahoma. So what's your confidence level as we're two days out? Pretty high. I, I would say on a you know on our on our own scale, I would say I'm in the seventies. Like I, I think it's pretty unlikely that it's not Oklahoma, but you know, and I think the thing to remember is if it is if this is Oklahoma and Miami, 
Oklahoma's done well in that battle over the last year or so. Mm-hmm. You know, you go back to Jaden Jackson earlier in this cycle, Devon Mitchell as well. Yep. And I think Devon Mitchell, there's some interesting parallels because it was kind of the same thing. Everybody thought it was Oklahoma. And then over the last week or two, you started hearing maybe Miami, maybe Miami. And then at the end, Devon was like, no, it's, it's Oklahoma. And what's even more interesting is that we know Devon Mitchell and David Stone communicate. And there, there is some, um, there, there's something there to that. So I, like I said, I, it's not to be ruled out. We, we all have seen crazy yeah. recruiting finishes, but I, I think Oklahoma has a lot of reason to feel good. All right. Now, David Stone, he announces on Saturday, but the hits keep coming. There's more <laughs> big-time D linemen coming off the board. On September 1, five-star Dominic McKinley, the number one player in the state of Louisiana, he's got his finalist, LSU, Texas, Texas A&M, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. If Oklahoma lands David Stone, can they roll that momentum into turning one five-star D lineman into two five-star D linemen? They're certainly going to try. I mean, there's no question that, again, and we've talked about this before, Josh, the opportunity to say, hey, you're not going to face all the doubles. Right. You're not going to do all that. There, there's two guys in this class that are going to be on the interior of that defensive line. At the same time, if I'm guessing right now, whether Stone or does or doesn't commit to Oklahoma, I don't think it's going to have an impact here it feels like maybe Oklahoma's faded a little bit for Dominic McKinley I I think they're they're still in the race but it just doesn't feel like the momentum is there right now with Oklahoma now something seismic like David Stone maybe that turns Mm -hmm. things maybe that changes you know the story around a little bit like you're referencing but it's it's pretty hard for me to envision because it's not like these two are particularly close I think it's more of you know it, it would just be Oklahoma saying instead of this could happen. You could be a part of this. Now it's, well, we've got David Stone, and now you can be a part of this. It's more active, but I don't know that it changes what they've been pitching. All right, and then September 1st, we're still not done yet. After that, we roll to September <laughs> 8th, where four-star defensive lineman mm-hmm. Nigel Smith out of Melissa, Texas. Now, he's not a top-five defensive lineman like the others. He's the 15th-ranked player in his position. Still elite, six foot four, 265 pounds. How is Oklahoma looking for that one? As Oklahoma rebuilds its defensive line, Nigel Smith is a guy a couple of years ago, Oklahoma fans would have been doing backflips to even be right. involved with, much less, you know, be in the position they're in. So that's that's what this class has a chance to be. And I think with Nigel Smith, maybe more than any defensive lineman, I feel like they're in good shape. Like I, I feel like they've they are right where they want to be. Texas AM has made it interesting down the stretch, and I've I've talked to enough people there that say they're still doing all that they can. And again, there is absolutely the um the ghosts of the past that that (laughs) that strike oklahoma fans but i do think oklahoma is where they want to be um i think barring some big change which knowing nigel and covering him for the last couple years that's not really the kind of kid he is Mm -hmm. i think he kind of knows what he wants to do and is i I, for me i feel like he's pretty much done like i think he knows what he's going to do i think it's going to be oklahoma um you know, he's going to announce it as his own as uh, first home game of the season there at Melissa and their new stadium that's just unbelievable. But um, again, I think Texas A&M is the one school that you could say is kind of in striking distance. But that's really the only one I see as a real threat to Oklahoma right now. All right. Well, since I got you here, let's switch over to the offensive side of the ball real quick. Grant Bricks, the number two ranked interior offensive lineman in the country. He, well, we don't exactly know when he's going to make his decision, but it feels like it could be here soon. What are you hearing where Oklahoma stands in that one? 
Well, and, and the interesting part about Briggs is it's not just when he's going to, uh, you know, make his commitment. It's if he even announces it. He right. is such a quiet kid. There's, I've talked to a couple of staffs that feel like he could just call and tell the three schools involved in Nebraska, Kansas State, and Oklahoma and then do nothing. He may not have a social media thing. He may not do anything. That's just kind of how Grant has handled this. Um, he's, he's been a very unique recruitment to follow. But I think this is going to come down to Nebraska and Oklahoma. Uh, Kansas State's involved, but it just kind of feels like there's two options here mm -hmm. for him. And it feels like Nebraska has the proximity, and I know that's very important to him. Mm -hmm. He's talked to multiple schools about that. And then with Oklahoma, I, it's the track record of Bill Biedenbaugh. It's the strength and conditioning coach and Jerry Schmidt, who's, you know, worked with guys like Lane Johnson and Trent Williams, you know, all these great linemen through the years at Oklahoma. So I think there's a lot of belief in what those two can bring to him. And so it's kind of a, you know, it's, uh, I guess for lack of a better way to put it, kind of the traditional head versus heart. Like head, he knows Oklahoma has this track record with offensive linemen and they're going to do all these things. And at the same time, Nebraska is very close to home. He can be close to his family. And I know that's important to him. So it's just kind of weighing out what, what's going to win there. I, I get the impression Oklahoma feels pretty good about it. But again, with a kid this quiet and this difficult to read, you never you never know. I mean, he, he could throw a curveball and it's Kansas State and everybody ends up surprised. But my impression talking to the three schools or, you know, the, the reporters around them and those kind of things that most think this is going to come down to Nebraska and Oklahoma. All right. Well, Oklahoma rebuilding the trenches. Josh McQuistion from Soonerscoop.com. Thank you for dropping by the inside scoop. Enjoyed it, Josh. Miami's recruiting class is currently ranked 19th overall, but could they be closing in a top 10 ranked class by the end of this weekend? Two of Miami's top targets at positions of need are both making their announcement on Saturday. The number two defensive lineman in America, five-star David Stone, and the number three ranked safety in America, four-star Zaquan Patterson, will be both announcing on Saturday. Now, Miami's recruiting has been a little stagnant this summer. There's been some big gets like a Marquise Lightfoot, but also a lot of misses. Let's bring on Steven Wagner of Canesport. Steven, let's start with David Stone, the five-star defensive lineman at IMG Academy. He's narrowed his list to a final three, Oklahoma, Michigan State, and Miami. What has Miami done to be among one of his three finalists? Yeah, well, first off, Miami's throwing the kitchen sink at David Stone. They are going to leave it all on the table uh, for this prospect, whose value, frankly, has only increased as yeah. uh, Miami has been left out on uh, so many different defensive linemen's uh, recruitments and commitments. Uh, you look at Kamarian Franklin last week, who committed to Ole Miss. Uh, you look at Justin Scott, who committed to Ohio State earlier in the summer. Um, that's only driven David Stone's value up as Miami searches for those really elite defensive linemen. Uh, now, last year was kind of the year of the offensive line for Miami. This year was kind of supposed to be the year of the defensive line, uh, where you know Miami really had its sights set on a lot of really elite, top-tier, blue-chip defensive linemen and edges, and they got a lot of these guys down to campus repeatedly uh, during the spring for the spring game uh, and then over the summer for official visits. Uh, but things just haven't quite panned out yet, which, as I said a second ago, 
has made David Stone that much more valuable to the Canes. So Miami is going to leave it all on the kitchen table. They are going to throw everything they can at David Stone. Uh, you know, right now with Saturday coming up, you know, David Stone is an absolutely massive priority for Miami. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the supply keeps dwindling of quality defensive linemen, but demand keeps going up. So that's only going to drive up the value, the importance of a David Stone to Miami right now. So I, I would kind of consider Miami the dark horse in all of this, right? Like Michigan State was maybe the favorite early on. Oklahoma been the consistent team. And then you got Miami who has missed on a couple guys, and they do need defensive line help desperately. This was a big year for that. So what do you make of Miami's chances as we're just about 48 hours out? Let me set the scene. Summer's coming to an end. You've spent the last two or three months just laid up on the beach enjoying the sun, but now football season is right around the corner, and you can't find tickets anywhere. It sounds like a nightmare, but don't let this be the way that your season starts. That's why I'm here to tell you about game time. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets online for all the big time matchups. Game time will get you to this year's biggest college football games with elite deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee. Don't stress over getting into your favorite team season opener or the biggest rivalry game of the year. There's only so many big games, and you need to get these tickets at the best prices. Game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. That's out. Game time has deals and tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets on all the sports and entertainment events. You can even use this on concerts. Use game time to get $20 off your first concert. Game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. So here's what we're going to do. Snag the tickets without stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code INSIDESCOOP for $20 off your first purchase. Create an account, use promo code INSIDESCOOP for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Terms apply. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. I think Miami has definitely done a good job to close the gap, uh, maybe from what it was. Um, a few weeks ago, someone actually asked me this uh, on a message board. A few weeks ago, I probably would have said, uh, you know, it's probably um, 80% Oklahoma or maybe 75% Oklahoma and maybe somewhere in the range of 15 to 20% uh, Miami. But I think that gap has closed a little bit over these last couple weeks. Um, if I was a betting man, I would probably put some money on the Sooners uh, over Miami. But that being said, I think the Canes have done a really good job uh, to close that gap here. I'd say maybe I, if I had to put a number on it, I'd say you know, my confidence that Miami gets him is maybe somewhere around 35 or 40 percent. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely not enough to list Miami as the favorite by any means, but definitely not enough to count Miami out either. Uh, it really wouldn't shock me if he committed to the Canes, although I'm definitely not expecting it by any means. Um, but this is also a guy who Miami is going to recruit very, very aggressively all the way to the end. I expect uh, him to be heavily recruited until signing day, until that moment that pen hits paper. Uh, regardless of what happens, I don't expect Mario Cristobal and the staff to be letting up anytime soon. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Oklahoma, probably the favorite here heading into this one as we're two days out, but I do give Miami a shot here. So 
We'll see if they can close. All right, there's another big recruitment that's going to go down on Saturday. The announcement of four-star safety Zaquan Patterson out of Chaminade Madonna High School, the number three-ranked safety in America. Now, Miami's the leader right now on the recruiting prediction machine, but FSU, Michigan, Auburn, they are also involved, and they've also been pushing hard. So, first of all, what has Miami done to put themselves in Patterson's final group? Miami's done a pretty decent job uh, recruiting Zaquan Patterson. Um, they've been consistent. He still hears from them uh, pretty regularly. He took a couple of different visits to other schools over the summer, uh, but I've heard that that wasn't necessarily so much uh, Zaquan saying that Miami had fallen off because he visited FSU, Auburn, and Michigan. He visited them twice each unofficially over the summer. He has not taken any official visits yet, by the way, uh, but he visited those three schools twice each over the summer. He only visited Miami once, uh, mm-hmm. and I've heard that that wasn't necessarily because he's losing uh, confidence in the Canes or that he's loving the or that he's loving the Canes less than he was uh, but more that he felt like he can get down to Miami anytime that he wants uh, as opposed to having to you know either make a really long drive to Tallahassee or having to get on a flight to go to places uh, like Auburn and Michigan uh, so Miami has definitely remained in that mix. Um, I think they've done a fair job recruiting him, but I think that this race is going is really, really tight. Um, and honestly, heading into Saturday, I think that uh, there's going to be a lot of fan bases that are going to be really nervous and really anxious to see how this decision ends up. All right. Well, you know, 48 hours out, a lot can change. But as it stands right now, what's your prediction on Zaquan Patterson? Man, it is really, really, really close. But I'm going to have to say Florida State just by a hair. Um, and I mean that in the narrowest of margins. I've got Florida State just uh, squeaking out there. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. It could be a pivotal week for Miami, right? Steven, if things go right for Miami, and they could, and they land both Stone and Patterson on Saturday, does that change the trajectory of this Miami recruiting class? Absolutely, it does. I think it does without question. Uh, You land a five-star prospect in David Stone, and then you land a top 100 overall prospect in Zaquan Patterson. I mean, for one, that's going to do a lot for for Miami's team recruiting ranking. Uh, because right now Miami has three top 100 players committed in Josiah Trader, Marquise Lightfoot, and then uh, Kevin Riley, the running back out of Alabama. Um, you're talking about adding two more guys into that mix, as well as a five or and a five-star defensive lineman in uh, David Stone. So I definitely think that that's going to have a serious effect on how we look at this class. Um, and I think that it's going to uh, it's going to bring a lot of relief uh, to Miami's recruiting room because of the importance that uh, Miami's placed on defensive line in this class. Now, all of a sudden, you get an absolute game wrecker of a five star defensive lineman uh, in David Stone, a guy who you have to think would be a candidate to really play right away uh, just because he has that kind of skill set at Miami. I think that this really changes the way that this recruiting class would be viewed just because now you're talking about bringing in five guys who could have a potential to really get on the field and make an impact as true freshmen.
Yeah, and like you said, there are guys at positions of need as well. Not only positions of need, but they would be one of the best options at those two spots. So we'll just have to see what happens this weekend. Now, you you alluded to it. Miami currently ranked 19th right now, and it's been a relatively quiet summer. Do you think that the Canes can make back that ground in the fall and push for a top 10 class or even further, maybe even into the top five range? I definitely think so. I think it's possible. Um, top 10, I think, is obviously easier to get than right. top five just because of the obvious. Uh, but I think Miami is still going to make some very aggressive recruiting pushes this fall. Uh, mm-hmm. We just learned the other day that Jeremiah Smith, the number one overall prospect in the country, is planning or is hoping uh, to get down to two Miami football games this fall. That's a prospect they are still very, very aggressively uh, trying to flip. You have to imagine that they're going to get a lot of very significant talent down uh, for some of these marquee home games that they have against Texas A&M September 9th and then Clemson on October 21st. Uh, Both of those are going to be huge games, and I anticipate both of those to be really huge recruiting weekends. Um, And I see all of this kind of advancing what's probably going to be a a very late December push, kind of like what we saw last year, uh, where Miami just very aggressively tried to flip uh, a lot of a lot of really top prospects that got Collins at Chiampong to flip from Michigan. Uh, last year, they really pursued a lot of top talent very aggressively in December. I expect them to do the same this year, and I expect them to try to get as much blue chip talent on uh, onto Hard Rock as they can uh, for some of these fall games. All right. Well, big weekend. Things could look drastically different if two recruitments go Miami's way this weekend. Steven Wagner. Thank you for dropping by the Inside Scoop and previewing this weekend's big events. Thanks for having me, Josh. This weekend, Florida State will look to add to an already rich DB class. Let's bring on Michael Langston from War Chant. Mike, the number three ranked safety in the country. Four-star Zaquan Patterson is set to make his announcement. Miami, Auburn, Michigan, and FSU are the main players. What has FSU done to position themselves as a finalist for Patterson? I think it's a two-part thing. One, it's getting him on campus multiple times. But I Mm -hmm. think the other thing is they've really recruited him personally as a person, and and that's really connected with Zaquan and his family. And two, you know, people that don't know, Zaquan plays – he's kind of a slash linebacker slash safety. But Nike Norvell had a twist to it where he said, I I look at you like a playmaker. That's your position. You're a playmaker. You know, so I think that really resonated with Saquon. And I think as time went on, um, he saw that stuff. And I think the other thing, the last thing is Edwin Joseph, Conrad Hussey, both of those are South Florida kids that he's close to. Both of them are making big splashes in the spring and the fall practices. So I think that's also a big thing that he's seeing his boys – play really well and they're, they're going to be a big part or, or, or significant part in this FSU defense and I think it's kind of fits to Mike Norville's word that hey I'm going to play the best guys uh, it doesn't matter what year you are and I think that's really resonated with Zaquan. Yeah, and I think at different points of his recruitment different teams have been maybe out ahead as the quote-unquote favorite you know at one point it was Miami at another point it was Auburn and Michigan and now is we're about 48 hours out, it really feels like it's trending toward Florida State. So what's your prediction on what Zaquan Patterson could do on Saturday when he announces his decision? 
Yeah, my prediction right now would be it would be Florida State. Um, that's where I sit. Um, I, I felt that way probably for I would say a week and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Josh and I haven't heard anything different except it's been pretty consistent that it's Florida State, and, and the reason being is just what they've done, uh, what they offer. Uh, certainly, it's a need, a position of need of of them. You know, getting safeties in this team because. They've seen these recruits have seen what they've done with Jamie Robinson and these other players, and they see what FSU's building. And I think the relationships uh, we talk about that a lot of why FSU lands a lot of these kids. And I think uh, the relationships at FSU is just the best he has, and that doesn't discount for the other places like Miami and Auburn. And uh, it just really shows you, I think, uh, you know, the amount of ground that FSU made up in this recruitment because they did not have much of a shot early on in this thing where he wasn't even visiting FSU. But I think those last two visits, I think, really resonated and connected with him. And he saw kind of what FSU is doing. And, you know, that's why I have the Knowles right now. Mm. Yeah, it seems like it's trending that way. And if it continues to through Saturday and Zaquan Patterson does fall to the Seminoles, then, Mike, this has a chance for FSU to land an insane defensive back class because you already got five-star safety, K.J. Bolden, who's the number one-ranked safety in America, five-star corner, Charles Lesser, the number two-ranked corner in America. Then you could potentially add Zaquan Patterson, the number three-ranked safety. Now, FSU does have three-star safety, C.J. Hurd, committed but they are not done what other top db targets is fsu trying to add to this 2024 class yeah there as you point out josh they are not done uh there there's a big one still on the table outside of 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 patterson he hails also in south florida and jamari howard out of miami florida that's a guy that they've had on campus multiple times he actually shunned florida to come over for the fsu visit for uh you know a two-day visit and and I think they hold the lead for, for Jamar. He really connects with Patrick Sertain. And I was kind of joking with people like, I don't know what he's getting paid, but I would be thinking wanting a raise at this point or a bonus uh, for what the job that Patrick Sertain's already done there. But uh, I think Jamari Howard is is kind of the main one that I'm focused on, Josh, right now. There's there's a few others that they're talking to, but I think, I think for FSU, I think Jamari Howard would be the guy that – I think they're focused on, and I think they lead for at this point. He Now, he will take a while because he's going to take official visits. He's going to go through the process, but I think they position themselves in that top spot right now for Jamari. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because there are some impatient FSU fans that didn't think Pat Sertan got off to a quick enough start on the recruiting trail, but here we are, and we're not even into the season yet, and it looks like Florida State has a real shot to land one of the top DB classes, if not the top DB class in America. I can't let you go without talking about some Florida State flips, but we're not going to talk about Jeremiah Smith. Everybody talks about Jeremiah Smith. We know that one's going to go down to the wire. He's making a quote-unquote final decision in December. I want to know about some of the the under-the-radar ones, mainly Artavius Jones, a four-star defensive lineman that is committed to Miami, and Jason Zandamella, a four-star offensive lineman committed to USC. Let's start with Jones. What has FSU done there to put themselves in position for a potential flip? Yeah, Artavius is, uh, for those that don't know, from Bluntstown. That's maybe 45 miles away from Tallahassee. It's not far. Uh, He went over to FSU late in the summer for kind of a surprise visit, stopping by. He's mm-hmm. always liked FSU a lot. He's always had high interest in Odell Hagan's. Um, 
when I checked with my intel, even you know, kind of last week, they indicated like they didn't indicate a timeline, but they indicated that this is one that they feel they can get done uh, as far as flipping him from Miami. Uh, they feel good about what their product's going to be on the field. Um, obviously, Miami is the main competitor. So I think if Miami struggles and then you see FSU do what they did last year, um, I think there's a, a good chance you could see him in this FSU class. I think that's a guy they feel like things are developing well with, with what FSU was doing as far as that recruitment and that relationship. So he's one I'm keeping a close eye on. I'm not guaranteeing a flip, but I, I think it's – I think right now uh, the confidence from the FSU side is – is cautiously confident that they can get him. All right. The other FSU potential flip that I want to talk about is somebody that Florida State thought that they were in good spot with in early summer, and that's Jason Zandamella, the interior offensive lineman out of Clearwater. Then he committed to USC. Uh, is FSU still in touch, and do you expect him back in Tallahassee this fall? Yeah, Jason Zandamella. I mean, he, he took a visit in, like, I think March, and you're like, wow, this kid's, I mean, he's like, I asked him directly, like, Jason, how do you feel? And he's like, you know, who, who stands out? And he just turned around and looked at more athletic center and FSU. Like it was clear that FSU was the school and then takes an official to USC and, and they just offer so many different things, you know, um, both as a, a football program and ac academic institution. I think this really resonated with Jason and he committed, but uh, yeah, they've FSU's been very active with him, uh, but that's one where I don't think there's a lot of movement that I've seen uh, with FSU. I know he really likes Alex Atkins. There's no mm -hmm. secret about that, and who doesn't that he recruits. But um, I think it's something where you know the seasons of USC and the seasons of FSU could dictate kind of where this thing goes if you're going to swing some momentum because right now I think he's very comfortable in that pledge and I've said that to our PR our premium recruiting board audience and the war chant fans that I felt like right now he's still comfortable although FSU is active if I was making a guess a pick I would say that he likely sticks with USC they already got one flip and Manisi IJT but I think this one will be a much harder one because of what he sold on with the USC program. All right. Well, we'll watch for those flips down the road. But this weekend, all eyes are on Zaquan Patterson at Chaminade Madonna High School as he makes his college decision. Mike, thanks for dropping by the inside scoop and preview and everything that's going on in Florida State recruiting. My pleasure, Josh. After stumbling a bit last year, Michigan has been recruiting at an elite level again. But will the Jim Harbaugh suspension controversy set them back on the recruiting trail? Let's bring on Michigan insider EJ Holland of the Wolverine. EJ, we'll talk about Harbaugh's suspension here in a minute. But first, this weekend, four-star safety Zaquan Patterson out of Chaminade Madonna High School down in South Florida, the number three-ranked DB in the country. He's going to be making his decision. Now, Miami's been trending heavily, but... FSU, Michigan, Auburn also involved. What is the latest where Michigan stands as we're just 48 hours out? I think Michigan's in second place right now. I know there have been some conflicting reports, even within the network. I know you had uh, the Auburn guy on not too long ago, and he said that uh, it seemed more like an Auburn-Michigan race. But I'm hearing a lot about Florida State. 
they've recently made a big surge. I know talking to those around the Michigan program, Florida State is of the most concern. Uh, what Florida State has done recently, obviously they are a team on the rise on the recruiting trail, landing some elite level talent on the back end. And I think they've uh, done a nice job with NIL as well, where Michigan is still figuring out that aspect. And I think those are the two biggest factors counting against Michigan right now is a lack of a plan from an, from an NIL perspective on the recruiting trail as well as distance away from home. Now, Michigan did impress Zaquan Patterson on his two unofficial visits this summer, getting him back to back uh, on campus was huge in June and then again in July for the barbecue at the big house. I think, again, they really impressed him and his mother. The opportunity for early playing time is there. Uh, he has a, a friend in Chris Ewald who's committed to Michigan. So I think that um, all of that is playing a positive role in, in regards to Michigan. But right now I would give Florida State the, the slight advantage heading into the weekend. I think Michigan's going to continue to keep working on this, continue to work hard. I think Auburn's still in the mix there. I think Miami has fallen off a bit, but you can never, you know, completely dismiss Miami based on what they've done on the recruiting trail the last couple of cycles. So that's kind of how I see it right now. So what's Michigan done to position themselves in, you know, a spot where maybe they can jump up and grab Zaquan on Saturday? Yeah, well, like I mentioned, I think the two back-to-back -back visits in the summer were big. Uh, the first one in June was the first time his mother made his way to Ann Arbor. So I think that's when she got a real in-depth look at what Michigan was about from a culture perspective, from an academic perspective, and just how they develop players. And I think that really impressed not just his mom, but obviously Zaquan as well. And like I mentioned, he has a, a good friend committed Chris Ewald, the top 100 cornerback in the 2025 cycle, their teammates at Shamanad Madonna, but they also grew up in the same youth program with DEFCON. They travel around the country, play seven on seven together. I feel like that connection is definitely a big help. And Michigan doesn't have a safety committed this cycle. Zaquan's been the guy for the majority uh, of this year and even last year as a, as a junior. So I think all of that is, is definitely working in Michigan's favor. I'm not counting out Michigan either. I know I may sound pessimistic giving Florida State the edge, but either way, this one's not going to be over. Zaquan's on record saying he's going to make official visits in the fall, and he was penciled in to make it to Ann Arbor for the game against Ohio State for his OB. So we'll see if that ends up happening regardless of where he commits this weekend. All right. Well, EJ, two days until the big decision. Give me your final prediction on where Zaquan Patterson goes to school. I will say it is Florida State this weekend, and we'll see you on signing day in December. <laughs> Let's switch gears here for a minute and talk a little 2025 QB recruiting because the dominoes are already starting to fall. And number one QB Bryce Underwood out of Belleville, Michigan, is a top target for the Wolverines. But inside Scoop fans, listen up. I need to tell you about these bird dog shorts that I've been wearing. I just got back from vacation down in Florida last weekend, and boy, it was hot. I live in Nashville now, and I've been wearing my bird dogs to work for a couple months. Then I started wearing them to golf. I love them because they're way more flexible than my old stiff khakis. And let me tell you, when I was down in Florida, boy, it gets swampy down there. It gets swampy down there, if you know what I mean, but not me because I brought my bird dogs and I had them on the entire trip. 
Bird Dogs has a great cloud knit fabric that looks just like a nice pair of khakis, but way more flexible. And most importantly, it keeps you cool and dry, even in the Florida swamp. So here's what we're going to do. I need you to go to birddogs.com forward slash Josh or enter promo code Josh for a free Bird Dog tech hat with your order. Got it right here, actually. This Bird Dog tech hat is great. I wear it on the golf course all the time. It looks great, fits great. So go to birddogs.com forward slash Josh or promo code Josh for a Bird Dogs hat. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. Okay, EJ. We are back to Bryce Underwood, the number one quarterback in the 25 class. Where do the Wolverines stand right now with him? I think top two right now with LSU. I think that was one of the biggest storylines coming out of July. Just a couple of weeks ago, he uh, made, or not a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago now, he made two unofficial visits, one to LSU, one to Michigan. So he had a multi-day visit to LSU, spent some time in Baton Rouge around Brian Kelly and that staff, and then immediately flew back, uh, back home to Michigan and made an unofficial visit for the last day of the barbecue at the Big House, which is Michigan's annual big recruiting event at the end of July. And I think he's developed a really strong relationship with new Michigan quarterbacks coach Kurt Campbell. But as you know, with five-star quarterbacks or any high-profile quarterbacks, it's going to come down to Chip Armstrong. I mean, he's the head coach. He's the guy that played quarterback at Michigan. He played quarterback in the league. Um, he's going to have to personally win this recruitment for the Wolverines. I think Jim has done a fantastic job. I think that Bryce Underwood does have a wandering eye to play in the South. He really loves what LSU has done recently. Obviously, they have a lot to pitch as well with the new staff and just the opportunity to play in the SEC is something that's really appealing to him. Uh, I think it's it's a heated battle right now. He's been to Michigan a bazillion times. You know, He's been to LSU multiple times. I think it's really going to come down to how these two teams recruit him in the fall. I'm also interested to see uh, how much NIL becomes a factor. And I know that sounds probably redundant on your show, but when you're talking about the number one prospect in the country mm -hmm. at the most important position in football, you know NIL is going to creep up at some point. Now, again, as I said earlier in the show, Michigan doesn't have a concrete recruiting plan. I think that's hindered them a bit on the recruiting trail, but they have been able to, you know, win some tough battles this cycle. They obviously have had a ton of success on the field. They have a lot to pitch with Jim Harbaugh's resume as a, as a quarterback guy. Um, so it'll be interesting to see it. And like I said, it's a hometown school. He's been there so much. He's familiar with the programming, those guys on the team. And Underwood's making a pretty early decision, you know, relative. He, he's uh, deciding in January. And I think that gives Michigan time to pivot to other options if they miss out on Underwood. And it also allows them to really make Underwood the focus. They're going to keep in contact with other quarterbacks like uh, Hassan Longstreet and Ryan Montgomery. But right now, they're not going to accept the commitment until they know where Bryce Underwood's going. And, you know, luckily for them, he's deciding in January. But I think it's a really tight battle. I mean, I wouldn't really give an edge one way or the other. 
All right, EJ. Now, Michigan has other big battles that they've won in the 24 cycle, and they've also lost some. Now, Michigan did get off to a quick start this cycle. They recruited at an elite level for much of the offseason, but something feels a little different now. Recent flip of Elias Rudolph to Miami and potentially losing the Smith Twins to Kentucky. Is Michigan losing a little traction heading into the season? Yeah, they've lost a little bit of steam. You know, when you look at Michigan earlier in the cycle, it looked like they were going to be in contention for a top three recruiting class. There was a, a ton of buzz. I remember I came on the show, I think it was in the spring, Josh, and we were talking about just, uh, you know, trickle down of commits, just uh, sliding into the class. And it seemed like Michigan was back after a really disappointing cycle last year. Uh, but recently they've kind of capped out. They had some big misses in the summer with some really important targets. They moved down to number nine in the on free industry rankings. I, I think I checked this morning and that's mm -hmm. exactly where they were. Uh, so they've been on a slide. And if you check the, I always like to use this tool. Um, but if you check the average commit rating, I think Michigan's down at like 17. Um, and they already have. 27 commits so i'm not sure how much more upside there is in the class there's just limited targets they're gonna have to work to flip some guys potentially get a guy like elias rudolph back in the class they're gonna have to work to keep guys like gerard smith and jacob smith who, who you mentioned the smith twins uh turning to kentucky now so i think it's just been a rough couple of months for Michigan. And it's hard to put a finger on why other than, you know, just using NIL as, as the uh, as the excuse, I guess. Well, but what about the, what about really the news of summer. Jim Harbaugh's suspension? Is that playing into this at all? Or is it just kind of the ebbs and flows of recruiting? I think it's more so the ebbs and flows of recruiting. And, and like I said, maybe some NIL as well. I think that's, you know, the biggest disadvantage for Michigan on the recruiting trail. But in terms of Jim Harbaugh's suspension, I'm not sure that's really playing a role at all. Either way, I mean, when you look at the field, I mean, Michigan has a cupcake schedule. I don't. Th I think they can beat the Bowling Greens of the world without Jim Harbaugh. Um, so I, I don't think it's going to have too much of an effect. Jim Harbaugh has done a, a fantastic job of selling kids and families on the culture he's built. The evidence is there. Back-to-back -back Big Ten championships, back-to-back -back wins over Ohio State, back-to-back -back college football playoffs. Appearances. Mm -hmm. I mean, his resume as a whole, uh, his NFL experience speaks for itself. And, you know, the big thing about Michigan, whenever you read all the reports or, you know, whenever recruits are quoted, it's always family, family, family. You know, that's always the quote when you uh, talk about Michigan. It's not just used as a generic quote at other places. I mean, it's literally a family type of atmosphere. So I think the commits are so close and they really have bought into that family type of uh pitch or not not really a pitch but just the feeling around the program um that i don't think the jim harbaugh suspension really matters to most of the guys now like i said you do have some guys like the smith twins that are looking around you had elias rudolph decommit but you know like you mentioned it, it's it's a recruiting cycle it's a it's a long game uh, you know you <laughs> might have a, a short spurt of success here and there and you think you're at the top and all of a sudden things can go wrong but things can also go well in the fall you know michigan has historically never started this fast early on the recruiting mm -hmm. trail they always close strong and so the opportunity is still there you know even with the limited spots for them to close strong with another successful season let's say michigan lives up to expectations 
they won another Big Ten championship. They beat Ohio State at home in the big house in front of all these recruits. Um, you never know what can happen. So I think right now the Jim Harbaugh suspension is probably, you know, next to last on the list of items that uh, that Michigan fans need to worry about from a recruiting perspective. Uh, yeah, you're right. Hey, they're on a little recruiting slide right now, but probably the best thing for them is for the season to start because we know they're going to rack up wins. We know they're going to have a chance to win the conference. We know they're going to have a chance to make the college football playoffs again. So we'll see. Michigan has a top, a top 10 class right now sitting at number nine, like you said. Can they push for a top five class once the season begins? EJ Holland, thank you for joining us today on the Inside Scoop. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me and remember to check out all the videos on the On3 YouTube page.